Welcome to the Wow Factor Podcast, hosted by Samuel Kamugisha, featuring a diverse collection of talent with a keen focus on highlighting the different amazing things that we're doing to change the world. So, without any more hesitations, here is Samuel. So today on the Wow Factor podcast, we have a very special guest. He has founded over 80, 80 plus startups in 13 industries across three countries, with some of them having IPOs, four to be specific. He has closed more than 90 deals across the globe with the largest grossing up to 600 million and is the author of two books. And he goes without saying he is a Dato too. So without hesitation, I'd like to introduce you to Dato James Fu, an amazing personality who's going to tell us more about himself. Hello, James. How are you doing? Excellent. Thanks, Samuel. Really appreciate uh, the opportunity of uh, hosting it and also doing the hard work of just, you know, trying to reach out. I heard you actually uh, tried to reach out to us about a year ago. And uh, you know what? Technology, there's their goods, but they also have their bads, right? Uh, Very, very true. I'm just glad and and honored to be grateful to be part of uh, your show. And I, I know it's going... Uh, great strides across the world and I just want to be uh, say a big thank you for uh, inviting me on your show it's a pleasure it's a pleasure it's a pleasure having you on board so for the guests who'd like to know about you more who is James? wow I think that's the question I'm still looking for like who is James? Uh, I believe personally that question if you ask me when I was seven I wanted to be the next uh Jackie Chan. My dream was to be an actor. Okay, like Jackie Chan. I come home after every day, after a movie with my parents. That's all we do because uh, we didn't come up from a very uh, rich uh, background. And uh, all we could afford was really the best meals of a year was basically KFC. And that was a treat. And, you know, to get, make it a bonus, I get to go watch the movies. And my dad loves action movies and he always ended up bringing me to Jackie Chan. So I end up coming back, you know, whoosh, whoosh, coming back. And at the age of seven to I think about 12, uh, yeah, I always wanted to be an action star. But, uh, you know, life always hits you uh, in a way that uh, you don't imagine. And I always say, you always live and lead with what you truly want to do. But you never get what you need to do. But what you want to do, hopefully, then get there. So, yeah, so who is James? I think right now, it's still, uh, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still finding out. And uh, there's a Chinese proverb that says, uh, we learn today, even to our last breath. So who is James? Uh, yet to find out. I hope it's not just a dot on a tombstone, but I would like to say that, you know, I did a little dent, hopefully in the, in the world, if I could. So yeah, wow. Samuel, back to you, man. Wow. So in summary, James is... Uh continuous learning and progress. Mm, I think we all are, too many aspects. Uh, I'm learning in the lockdown that we need to go more uh, futuristic because uh, I think if it was not the lockdown, I used to uh, think that I was really comfortable and confident uh, that everything was going fine, literally, you know, I had big plans, big goals in 2020. And uh, the lockdown really taught me to brought me from the pitchfork era, you know, where you, 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 you scoop hay, all the way to the lightsaber, you know, like, like, like a Jedi era. You know, I've learned to use Zoom now and people call me a zombie, day in and day out, you know. I'm a Zoom master now, you know. Not a Zumba master, but a Zoom master. And 
and so I think because of the lockdown, so much has changed, and uh, I feel that we all need to constant, continuously, and constantly uh, improve and learn. I think that's that's the, one of the key aims. That, that there's the only thing that's constant today is change. Wow. So, in this line of uh, extensive changes, do you really think that education is important, or should people just go straight ahead and? Start of businesses since the pandemic has happened, is there a requirement to go into school or education? So it's a very specific question. Is it going to school or is it education? There are two different parts of it. Well, let's tackle uh, the part of going to school. Sure. Uh, personally, uh, I did my degree, I did my master's, and then uh, when I was on the verge of doing my uh, PhD, uh, God bless my mom's soul. Uh, she passed away from a double mastectomy. Uh, her, her, what do you call it? The uh, cancer spread to her spine, oh, and right. then it, uh, it jumped to her, uh, call her breast, and then one thing led to another. And at two thousand one, um, that was the year where it also happened to be the uh, uh, the dot com bubble burst. And my dad was literally one leg. There's a saying: one leg in prison, almost in prison, and one leg almost on the verge of bankruptcy because he was funding my mother's medical bills. Uh, from uh, just uh, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, chelation therapy, and all sorts of uh, belief, natural therapies, and prayers, and whatnot. And he was just spending lots of money. And he spent, if not all, or most of his money, uh, whatever he had. And he was just a uh, laborer. And his father literally swam down from China. That kind of, you know, and uh, swam down from China, wanted to build a better life uh, for, the, for the family. And end up in a small little island in uh, Malaysia called Penang, right? And uh, was very poor, uneducated. And his mother left him at the age of uh, eight years old, passed away uh, for health reasons. And his father, which my grandfather, basically took care of uh, my father. But he was an alcoholic gambler because he was a chef. He was uh, an army chef. He cooks for the army. And you know, every time chefs in those times, right, uh, will end up uh, drinking and gambling. And if you come back home and your child is not listening to you, you take up the belt, you know, and that, that's the form of punishment or so called, uh, I don't know what, parenting, uh, what's the word? What's the appropriate them. word? Discipline. Yeah, that's yes. the word I'm looking for. Mm. The mm. appropriate discipline, right? It's either the belt or whatever's convenient. And uh, truth be told, when his mother passed away, he, he left home because he couldn't take uh, all the, the stress at home. And when he said he left home, he actually ran to a, a neighborhood which his uncle was there and they taught him uh, repair, repairing uh, washing machines, uh, air conditions and, and it started up like this. And then when he was a teenager, he decided like, you know what, that's not much of a future. You know, I, I don't think I can see my future here and he decided to go to KL. Uh, it's going to KL means Kuala Lumpur. It's almost like us Asians try to go to America, the land of mm -hmm. dreams, you know. And that, at that time, that was his plan, you know. And he went to uh, KL, and he was deeply, deeply uh, disappointed. Uh, and just to cut a long story short, right? Uh, we were staying in a rented house, and uh, he met my mom. My mom was a personal secretary to one of the richest men in Malaysia. But my mom said, no, I don't believe rich men are good men. They always have a lot of mistresses. They don't really take care of their life. You know, I want a, what's the, a, 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 a 
a steady man, a, a, a man that will take care of me, will love me through thick and thin, and you know what? Because of them, I was born. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I would say, when she gave birth to me, she had, uh, she was sick, and what sort of sickness she had? She had what we call PMS, similar to what they call it now as uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. But for for ladies, it's PNS, postnatal syndrome, and she she didn't feel well. For, for many years and for many years I blamed myself and uh, 2001 when she passed away I literally lost uh, a lot because I didn't get to see my dad much my dad was a believer that you know if you work hard you provide for the family uh, all will be well and he when he was awake I was asleep when he was asleep I was awake doing the school and he made sure he provided as a dad and that's all he did uh, but when she passed away my, my rule was lost but that's the sad part, right? Uh, I would say, and but they also would like to say that that's the part. And that year, I also made my first million dollars. How true is that? Uh, how cool is that, right? Not true is that. And I would say that education for me is that I realized that we all need to be educated. We all need to be educated, but not in the knowledge because knowledge today is free. Knowledge today is in your fingertips. But what you want to go and be educated on is the fact of the culture of being educated, uh, the routines you need to be educated because there's a lot of disciplines in place when you want to go and study, when you want to uh, learn, when you want to uh, review, refresh, go for exams. That's a bit of life, right? So uh, the culture of how education is like, the routines or what you know you need to get up early you need to study sometimes you need to study harder because the exam is tomorrow and uh, for me personally education is more of a network there are many many stories of friends who go to the right universities or go to the right education institutions and they meet the love of their life right some of them like yourself Samuel right you go yes. from the other yes. part of the world <laughs> and you met you know your, your, your better half so to speak right yes. and and that is just Part of life so for me education you need to do it personally right now i focus on the word not education but learn now if you take learn l-e-a-r-n if you take the l away it's earn and only when you learn can you earn and there's so many people out there especially in business which is the hardest thing anyone would choose for okay i mean go get a job if, if you don't have the heart for it or the mind for it because there's no education there's no a step by step there's no one size fit all and so for me uh put a question just to wrap the question up for you is education is important and today i'm still learning right despite uh you know, starting 80 work companies I, I stopped counting after 80 because it was just too painful not because of arrogance or just too painful it was just too many closing down and the mistakes I made was just, I mean, I'm happy to talk more about it after this, but education to me, I think by far is, is critical right now, more than ever, but selective education. That's all I would say. Back to you, man. Wow. You've thrown a lot at me. Let's see how to unpack this. Uh, <laughs> in 2001, tragic as it was, how did you keep up? How did you keep yourself together? Having, having after lost your mom in and again making a million dollars in at the same time how did you cope so i think 
right now in we can always look back and say like wow you know it, it looked mm. amazing you know like how Steve Jobs said you can join the dots backwards it's always beautiful right if I if I were younger I would do this uh, you know if I knew the lottery was a jackpot number I would have bought this but yes. in, in I'm glad you asked the question for me it was one of my lowest time in life but it was also the time that I, I told myself that I never want to be poor ever again. I don't know how to become rich. I honestly tell you, uh, we don't come from a rich family. We were not born with silver spoons. But I know one thing, I never want to be poor because the days that I have to send my mother to the hospital, we don't have enough money to pay the taxi, the cab. We got to walk sometimes or hitchhike or call relatives. And you know, sometimes when you are, you're not doing too well or family and friends know that you are not doing too well and when you call them they don't really pick up your phone True. right True. I, don't, I don't know about you I mean I hope <laughs> it doesn't happen to anyone who's tuning in right uh, but you know what we had to walk for this we had to hitch a ride and it, it's not something that you want to go through and, and I always told myself uh, I never want to be poor I don't know how but I never want to be poor because it's the worst thing to have right and uh, I'll tell you what happened um, I decided that I want to just explore and just do something different for once. And I'll just end up roaming the streets, okay? Literally walking to a place in KL called the Putra World Trade Center. And that's like a convention center after my mom passed away about a week. And I was just walking in and just like, ugh, just probably this would do something for me, right? And I walked around and I saw an, a ridiculous queue, like the kind of queue that you see when someone's buying an iPhone right now. That, that yes. queue... And I go like, what kind of cute? This is like a snake. And I like, couldn't see the end. I was hopping and hopping. And you know what? Being a young boy, right? Uh, at the age of 26, I, I, I peeked and said, how could I shorten the queue? And I ended up saying like, oh, wow. People are soaking at their feet at some device. And I was like, look at it. Looks kind of cool, but look kind of gross. Because as you soak your feet, right? In this kind of a plastic container with some bubbles came out. And different colored bubbles represented different ailments in your body, whether it's a kidney, liver, lung, or whatnot. And uh, I told myself, aha, uh-huh. you know, when was the last time you felt like you had a great idea and you yeah. felt the sound called kaching? You're going to be rich, right? When was the last time you felt that sound? And I, I just felt like it was raining, you know, money. I'm like, yes, yes, I showed the lottery. I ran back home, literally, you know, and uh, how many of you have actually have a piggy bank? Uh, and I saved a little money from the Ang Pao, the, the Chinese New Year's yeah. and all the little weird packets, the savings I had. Mm-hmm. And uh, believe it or not, I, I took it to the guy and I didn't know how much the machine was, okay? I just said, uh, you know what? Uh, I think your product has great potential, you know? And uh, I, I'm, uh, many people want to buy it, but I want to make sure that this product works. So I want to buy a, a sample to test it out, you know? Trying to be very uh, smart about smart it. Smart of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? And he said uh, this product is like a thousand dollars. And I counted. I don't have a thousand dollars. I probably had about seven hundred. You know, so I went like, you know, I really want to buy this. You know what? And um, but if you can't give me the price that I want, I don't think I'll be interested. Trying to pull a fast one. <laughs> and I don't know. He, I don't know what came on to him, and he was he was just happy. And you know what, young man? I don't know whether you got spunk or balls or just uh, powerful for brains but you know what here goes I'll, I'll try you out you know despite the long queue that was trying it out his product out no one bought no one bought the machine I was the one who bought his machine oh. people wanted to try it and he was like okay you know what young man let's do it 
And if you heard of buyer's remorse, after you buy something and then your heart just sinks, like, oh my oh god, god, what the hell did, did I just, just buy? <laughs> what I just buy? You know, did I buy the new Xbox and my wife's gonna kill me right now because times are bad? But my dad's gonna kill me because that's all the savings I had. I saved it up literally for 20 years. For little money I could. Well, at 700, you know. And it, I, it dawned on me like, and uh, I carried the product and I just, I, I just before I go home, show my dad, I don't know what to do with it. I, I walked to the pharmacy uh, outside my house. And uh, this pharmacy, which I always uh, stop and buy medicine for my mom. And uh, they said, hey, James, what is that you got in your hand? I, and I just told him like, uh, uh, you know, I got this device and you know, you soak your feet, different color comes out, da da da. You know, I, I thought I'd be rich in this, you know, and, and you know, it can help a lot of people. And I was just going on, I was not even selling. I was just saying the benefits of the product, not even the features, you know, like what this can do. I'm just telling that you can do this, you can do this. And, and, and I just like download off him because he's like a friend and he just provides, right? Uh, all the medicine and recommendations or what type of uh, things to, do, uh, to take. And I go like, ah, but uh, you know what? I'm probably gonna let my dad try it out first and see what he thinks. And he said, young man, that sounds like a cool product. Uh, how much is it? And I go like, well, he, he sold me at a thousand. And before I could answer, right? He said like, whoa, a thousand, that's really expensive. Has it been tested? And they asked me all the questions. I go like, uh, tested? But I saw a long queue. I assume that's tested, right? Mm-hmm. And Bruce was a pharmacist and he owns the, the pharmacy. He said like, oof. Well, you got yourself in a bit of a fix here. Um, well, I wish you luck. And I go like, I just like, but I said, how's business for you? And he go like, you know, it's struggling. You know, it's tough because of the dot com. It's, it's tough, you know. And uh, I said like, you know what? Is it okay if I leave this thing here? You don't have to pay me. I don't want to bring it home also because, you know, probably my dad's going to bring out uh, his, <laughs> his, belt. his belt or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. What I leave it here first and, and you, know, you don't have to pay me anything. Just, I leave it there. You can try it out uh, right now, you know, and here's the instructions and uh, I'll come back in a week later. You know what? Don't, don't, you don't have to pay me anything, you know? And he said like, uh, where am I going to put it? And I go like, you know what? You have a store, right? The store has, a, has empty space. Just, just clear that out. I'll help you clean it out. And I clear, help you clean the store. We put a machine there, put a chair. It's very simple, nothing fancy. And I left it there. And one week later, I just, I forgot about it. And then I decided to get, uh, because I, when I was younger, I had, uh, we call uh, asthma. And I just went to get my supply of my, uh, the inhalers. So I went back there and I just like, he was saying, hey, James, how are you doing? And I go like, uh, yeah, I just want to get my supplies. I just ran out. And you know the machine that you, you, you left it? Uh, it, it's doing so well. I go like, doing so well? What do you mean doing so well? Well, uh, you told me that you do this and get this, you know, and you put in a different color, so this. And I just tried your machine out. I gave them an $80 offer. They tried it out and they see the different colors and ailments. I start selling them vitamins. And uh, you know what? It, it says here, you can sell them a treatment of uh, like 12 treatments. And you know what, James? We did a thousand a day. And on the weekend, just yesterday, we did 2,000. And I was doing what? the meds. Is that like what seven to ten thousand this week? He goes like yes, and you know what, James? Uh, here's your money. And I go like my money? Yeah, because uh, that's what I did. You know, I I my my 
my pharmacy made money you know what and these are the treatment from the machine right and i think we kind of like used up one of the machines already we need to replace it so i don't know how much it costs uh you know you're gonna help me out here and i go like of course definitely we're gonna help you out here and uh i went back to the uh this uh, this affair he happened to be there it was the last day of the fair and uh i said i gotta get more machines right now but you know what the, the price he showed me is still too high you know and so people are not interested in buying that machine and it goes like uh well i'm going back right now um and i have like some stocks left and if you want to buy it off me i'd be happy to and life will just shoot you in a way unbelievable the amount of money i collected from the pharmacy was identical to the money i had to all the machines he had left wow uh Fast forward this, nine months, six outlets, every day, $1,000, every weekend, Saturday, Sundays, we're doing two to $3,000, ringgit, right? And uh, in under nine months, we did 1.2 million. Wow. So what do, we, what, what do we learn from that? I learned, first thing is to ask for help. Asians particularly have an ego, a pride, right? That we don't ask for help. Number one, ask for help. Number two is to have faith and believe that you may not see everything in front of you, but keep moving forward. Just like if you're stuck uh, in the forest. I don't know about you, but I got lost in the forest while trying to uh, do a hash run. And the best way to do it is uh, if you're lost in the forest, you don't want to run around in circles, right? Because you don't know if it turns dark. Mm-hmm. animals will come out right so what you yeah. do is you climb the highest tree and you set your orientation you want to see where the the, the forest is where the city is or where the river is right whichever is nearer you want to go towards that direction so in business and in life you want to have faith and go to higher ground so the first one is ask the second one is you need to keep moving don't just stand there whether is it in the traffic jam you know when when it's a long queue what do you do you actually peek to the left or to the right right, right. it's a ridiculous yeah. jam same thing you're still moving so just like when you move you need to change change your perspective change your perspective not just your perspective but your perception mm. of your perspective right and and that got me to think so much and the third one was who can you work with right now who can you work with right now to actually give you that edge so uh, so that for me at the age of uh, 26 made my first a million and uh, my mother passed away at the same time so there's always the saying there's always a silver lining there is you really need to look harder just like looking for a needle in the haystack you need to keep looking out for it and don't give up back to you Simon it's a bit long answer to your short question I'm sorry but uh, oh, wow. you know what uh, yeah there's a, there's a lot we can pick out of that and with Let's talk about the the eighty businesses that you founded in the thirteen industries. Are they sure. all st- you? Are they all still eighty plus, or are they still? How many are still running at the moment, or how many are still existing? <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad you asked. Truth be told, at twenty one, so uh, at twenty one years old, uh, my time. Okay, probably you know my age. At twenty one years old, we had uh, we don't have PCs, okay, or, or, or laptops or whatnot at the time, and even though you had one the it was a huge machine right that could kill people literally with it and the screen was only one color green and when we could go on the internet there's this famous sound that goes 
if you if you know what I mean, it goes. Yes, that sound, right? And as a young boy, 21, I was young, naive, and I wanted to surf porn. Okay, pornography. I was going porn. I just want to check it out. My friends are talking about it, but I don't have many books, right? Oh, and ah, and the loading speed of the pictures was so slow, so frustrating. I said, you know what? There must be books out there that. You know, could uh, maybe fasten the process. So I went to the bookshop secretly at the age of 21. You know, the whole freedom age, and I was like very shy about it, but yet really quick about it. And I saw the first book that caught caught my eye: "Losing My Virginity." I took the book, I rushed back home, and I read the book, cover to cover, front to back, page to page. And I was saying, "Where's the picture? Where's the Kama Sutra? Where is anything? The book doesn't have any information whatsoever." Do you know which book is that? I have no idea. It's a book by Richard Branson. Oh. How he started 400 over companies, mm. dyslexia, uh, uh, introvert, and I said, "You know, if this guy can do it, I can do it." And I set a goal that you know when I'm his age, 55, 400 companies is my goal, and that's how I told myself, sold myself the vision that let's do 400 companies. And uh, after my first portfolio of hitting my first million, I did the second and then almost year on year, every company that I thought I touched became gold. So one, two, four, eight. Com- I was opening companies up like crazy. Guess what? With no lack of structure, system, strategy, frameworks, I was losing companies year on year without fail. So what's left today is 23 companies. I lost close to 50 of them. I'm still fighting some of the court cases uh, to today because of the lack of experience, exposure. I had a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy. Okay, but I lack the experience and exposure, and. Uh, That really was one of the big, big slaps in my life. Uh, like toss hammer just came coming down my head, and no, shut up, you know, and and just face the music. And uh, yeah, so yeah, twenty three companies uh, still are today, and uh, I'm trying to actually what we say consolidate them a bit more and try to make it more lean. And if they're not working to the numbers that I want, I will close it down. I want manufacturing company. They are doing about six million a year, but our profit after tax was only half a million, and it just didn't make sense of all the amount of work you need to put in to make so little money. And we actually sold it to a Vietnamese investor, uh, and I just thought, like, you know what? What else could I do to actually focus what you're really good at or what it brings you joy? So yeah, I hope that answers your question, Samuel. Wow, from eighty down to twenty-three. So, out of those companies you led, a few of them got an IPO status. Uh, are you open to letting us know which companies those are? The Wow Journal, a catalog of different captivating content spanning from amazing talent to tones of creative work. 
founded by Samuel Kamaji Shah, a brand and growth strategist. His major focus is to ignite creativity through inspiration with an intention of being a catalyst for growth, whether it's for your brand or business. Log on to www.wowjournal.cc. That's W-O-W-J-O-U-R-N-A-L.cc. Well, I can't let you know the stock name if you know what I mean. Mm. Okay. But I want to say, uh, the re- what is the reason do you want to go mm. on IPO? Yes. Many people don't have a reason. That Oh, Samuel is going IPO. I want to go on IPO. That's the main reason. But the question right now for your listeners or even for, for your fans on your platform right now, I want to ask you a question. Do you want to grow your company or do you want to scale your company? There's a big difference. Growing your company is 1x, 2x, 3x, 5x, maybe 20x if you will. Mm. But it's step by step growing your company. Scaling your company is 100x, 200x. And that's called exponential growth. So most people do not know the difference between, number one, do they want to grow their company or scale the company? Because if you do not know the difference, then what happens is a lot of people say that, oh, I'm making 100,000 right now, I got 10 staff. So if I want to make 1 million, I need 100 staff. But guess what? On the third year, the staff don't feel that you're aligned to your vision, they leave. What happens to your profit? It goes down. down. So what's the point? What's the point of an IPO? Why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Do you even have a reason? Because an IPO is almost just the beginning of the business. Think about it. We study so hard for the last, don't know, what, 20, 30 years, some people, and then they do their, they only start work, employment, or start their own business. But they've been studying for the last 20 years. An IPO is similar to that. You want to make sure that you actually put in the hours. Okay, there have been shortcuts. I don't deny it. There have been a few people who have made it in a very short period of time. But I want to ask you, how many Steve Jobs are there? One. I mean, Bill Gates are there. One. And you try to benchmark you to them. It's like trying to wish that you're Elon Musk. So the first one is, do you want to grow or do you want to scale before you think of an IPO? Number two, you need to focus on not a big, the big mindset. You need to focus on a strong mindset. A strong foundation will force you. You want the economy to force you to become a big company. You don't want to say, I want to be a big company because why? Right? If it's a big company, then it'll be a big expenses, big investment, big income, big, a lot of things that need to be big. And we have seen so many stories in the lockdown. WeWork had one of the largest backing, Japanese backing, right? So Guess what? Where is we? Yeah, SoftBank, where is WeWork today? We've heard of Airbnb, 12 years, 12 years fully, like, you know what, just fundraising after another. And in six weeks, Thanos did a little snap, right? And Mm -hmm. there goes Airbnb. So I think we need to focus back on the fundamentals. What are the fundamentals of business? Not every business should go on IPO. So question number one is grow versus scale. Number two is strong versus big. 
But the third part I want to share is, do you have someone that can guide you, lead you? And uh, I, I believe that you know, younger age, uh, golf was a game to actually build businesses. And uh, when Tiger Woods came to Malaysia, Mind uh, Mind's Golf Club, and I said like, you know what, I would love to meet him. And you know what, I went there, and uh, he was like one cubicle beside me, and I saw him train. And I said like, you know what, this is so cool to see Tiger Woods hit a ball. And it was the most boring, boring thing you ever seen. I say why? People ask me why. I go like, you know what, every shot that he took, he paused for a minimum of 20 minutes. I go like, no, when you go to a driving range, you want to hit as many balls as you want, right? Yes, yes. Just to make sure you... But he goes like, he's right in the center, right? And he hits, there are four coaches, one on each corner. And when he hits them with his swing, after that, he will talk to the coach, number one, number two, number three, number four, five, five, five minutes each. And then he will adjust, hit the next ball. For almost three hours, he probably hit less than 10 balls. And Tiger Woods was at his prime. And he had someone to coach him. He had someone to mentor him. He had someone to lead him. Who's your mentor now? Because right now, I've said this and I've learned this so much. Show me your friends. I can literally predict your future. Show me your calendar. I can definitely forecast your future but if you show me your finances with your bank account your budgets i can almost say where is your future okay and so the next part is do you who are people in your life that you want to reach out to to learn from are you giving value to these people to reach out to them, to learn from them? Because they are so busy, they will be coming to your door and say, hey, do you need help? Right? People are lining up to get to know them and learn from them. So you got to reach out and like, you know what? Like what you're doing, Samuel, you're doing an amazing job reaching out to influencers, you know, uh, powerful entrepreneurs, people from across the regions and just tapping on their knowledge. It's like what Think and Grow Rich did. Right? Andrew Carnegie, right? What did he do? He learned, he picked up, and there's so many things that you can do. So who are the mentors or coaches or leaders, or I would like to call eagles in your life? Okay, so three things. Okay, before I go on, uh, I could probably go on four, five, six. Uh, Samuel, back to you, man. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, at least uh, one thing that I've seen that you've given a clarification on the difference between growth and scale, I think those are words that have been mixed left and right. Like, okay, yes, I want to scale my business. And then actually what they want is to grow the business. And I see you've also clearly defined that there has to be mentorship in your life to help in the process. Because some people just believe in, I'll, I'll figure it out along the way. But most of the people who are even achieving have all of them have at least have coaches in their life that help to smoothen the direction that they are going. So that is something that I've seen which is very, very essential. And I see which is a weakness for most people that they are not sure of what they are doing and they're not sure of who is supposed to help them lead in that direction. So that's very good for giving that highlight. 
So as we're going to the next one, you have two amazing ventures, that is Authority Institute and New Profits. Mm-hmm. I think the audience would like to know more about them. So Authority Institute was basically born literally on the fact of the need of the market. A lot of people create companies without a need. They create a company, ha, huh, I think people would buy this product or they will buy this service. They would love it. And a lot of people are lost in their dreams, their thoughts, their beliefs. Very few people actually take the time to do the research. And I realized, especially in Asia, the biggest problem in companies right now is they do not how they do not know how to position themselves as the well, how to call it uh, authority of the market, right? And that's why it's called authority institute. And just give a little uh, analogy, a difference here, okay? A little bit talk about what's the difference between authority and branding. I mean, you need both, okay? I don't don't discount it, but I want to give you a, a subtle difference. When people say branding, people are impressed with you. Wow, look at your car, look at your look at your I don't know your watch. What are the stuff, the material stuff? They're impressed with you. But when I say authority. People are inspired by you. People look to you and say, wow, if someday if I could be like Samuel to interview people from around the world, you know, you're my inspiration right now, you know, I, I would want to do my own podcast someday. And so you are inspiring. Okay. So the next type, uh, number two is when it comes to branding, you are one of the options. If I don't get uh, a Mercedes, I'll look at BMW. If I don't look at BMW, maybe I get an Audi. You're one of the options when it comes to branding. But when you're the authority, you are the only option. Just like a handphone. There's so many handphones out there. Why would you buy, no disrespect to your Apple lovers out there, a technology which is by far one to two generations below, behind an Android, right? You buy a half-eaten Apple, Right, as a logo, you queue up to buy a product which you know it's more or less the same. It's a rectangle, but because they're an authority to space, it's now when you hold an Apple device, there's that level of authority that comes in. So that's the second thing: it's authority. The third thing about branding is you are known. Yeah, people know you. You know, it's fine. Have you heard of so and so? Yeah, yeah, I've heard about them. But when people say Samuel, they go like, Samuel? You know Samuel from Wow Factor? The guy from Uganda? Oh my goodness. When authority, you are respected. So that's the third thing. The fourth thing for branding versus authority is you are earmarked for success. You know what? So, you know what? Uh, this is a good to have, you know, when we, when we focus on branding. But when we say authority, you are the benchmark for success. Like if you want to do podcast, you do it like Samuel. Don't do it another way. You're the benchmark, okay? And the last but not seen is, when people do personal branding, it always turns out or comes out. Nothing wrong with that. It's very cheesy, very attention-seeking, all about me, 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 me. Correct? But as authorities, you're seen as the market leader. You're seen as the go-to. You're seen as the person that people want to emulate. So that's a different, subtle difference between an authority and branding. So in Authority Institute, our business is to scale yours. 
and want to make sure that when we scale yours, we want to make sure that we actually have a framework. And because I can't say the word F up, right, on your podcast uh, many times, we have a framework. Okay, we have a framework that brings, whether is it you're a small business owner, entrepreneur, or even organization. Because myself, I advise on three levels, local, regional, and global uh, platforms, uh, even NGOs, non-profits, I advise and they are actually bring me on to mentor. Even just two days ago, I was actually uh, having a session with this local government of how to help them position sales and marketing and bring their business up to be an authority level because even governments are competing, right? So we have a framework that goes by position, attract and magnify. So if you go to our website, authority.institute, the details are there, I don't want to bore you to it, but there's a framework and most businesses don't have a step-by-step framework to tell you where are you now, where must you go, but what is the chasm? What's the gap that you need to solve and can we solve it? So that's what Authority uh, Institute is about. New Profits is my uh, pet baby. As I feel right now is there is no one what's it, custom fit or a way or a platform that people can go to to learn. There are many ways uh, they can learn, but it's not structured the way how entrepreneurs do it. There's a very uh, philosophical way, theoretical way, but there's no entrepreneur way, foundational way, fundamental way that teaches the basics and also have a community of supporting. So I call it the new profit. I believe Samuel, you know how to make money. A lot of us are tuning right now know how to make money, but you do not know how to make new. Now is online, but do you need, does anyone need to go online? No, every business is different, right? And the people that I mentored in the last lockdown, the last 73 days, they were traditional business owners, right? Brick and mortar business owners. And what we did was in my new profit uh, mentorship program, we actually helped them, the group, make a turnover of 60 million US just by using the new profit framework. So we believe you can find, keep and grow new profits for your business and so that you can truly bless and bring abundance uh, to your loved ones. Because that's what truly is when you do business, right? You just want to have a better life. So back to you. So in line with founding those two ventures, what was mainly driving you to start them? Mm. Because right now I feel, like I mentioned, a lot of people do not know the difference between branding themselves and being the authority of the space. Because mm. you're just branding, you're just another person making noise. You're generating mm. noise. Are you generating noise? Are you generating leads? Or are you generating demand? What are you generating right now? Like people are going online, they're doing multiple podcasts, they're doing uh, posting online on social media, TikTok, all these things. Ask yourself this one question. Are you generating noise? Are you generating leads? Or are you generating demand? Because what's the point of generating noise? Empty vessels make the most noise. noise. But if you're generating leads, so what? What are you doing with them? Are you nurturing them? Are you bringing them down the so-called funnel, if you will? Or are you generating demand for your goods and services by contributing and showcasing the value that you have to the marketplace? So I urge you to generate demand for your product and services. Don't just generate leads because everyone's generating lots of leads. You know, give your free ebook away, 
download this. But so what? After that, they say, oh, I'm just so busy with life. <laughs> so generate demand and then you become the authority in your space. So that's one of the reasons why I feel that authority Institute is something that uh, we're getting a lot of telecommunication companies across Asia reaching out to us, institutions reaching out to us and say they want to collaborate with us and we go like, whoa, 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 let us uh, take it one step at a time. Uh, we're a small setup, you know, but uh, we are growing. But step by step, we want to make sure that we make the right moves and we're not, we're not, we're not rushing. We want to build a strong foundation, not a big foundation. Right? So it's a two step forward. And we maybe stay there, but you don't want to be two steps forward, four steps back. And that's the worst thing I did in many of the startups. Back to you, Samuel. Awesome. Um, so when do you think, as we're talking about now, creation of businesses, when do you think it's, it would be the best time to start a business? To be honest, the best time to start a business was yesterday. And the second best time to start a business is today. Just like, where was the best time to plant a tree? Yesterday. Because like it or not, trees are the ones that provide oxygen to us. And they just provide oxygen, they provide a lot more things, right? Shade, uh, stationery, they provide so much. They provide uh, soil erosion, prevent soil erosion. There's so many things they provide. So the best time to plant a tree was yesterday. The second best time to plant a tree is today. And a business, I don't know about you, Samuel, but one source of income is not enough today. We need probably something about one or two, at least, right? Because the tough times, they don't last, tough people do, but you need something to supplement. And especially when you have a new family right now, a new fiance, right? <laughs> and uh, you need to take care of them, right? That's the reason why there's a part of it. I'm not being chauvinistic here, but if you were to marry someone, you to bring a child into this world, it's your obligation to take care of them. True. They must be independent, no doubt, but how cool is it? If you know what, you could do whatever you want, but here's my uh, contribution to you. You know, whatever you feel that is important to you, do what you, you feel that you want to do, your passion, your hobby, do it. But uh, you don't have to worry. So that, for me, means so much. So, uh, best time is now. But always work on who's the mentor, who's the who's your coach. Are you growing? Or are you scaling? Because a lot of us use you could use the word too loosely. I want to scale my company. You know, I'm scaling, and I go like, really? How are you scaling it? Mm-hmm. And I go like, huh? And then I go like, why are you scaling it? Uh, they have no clue, right? And, and I just want to bring that uh, into context uh, for your listeners here. Yes. So. For the case of you, you talked about multiple sources of income. I mean, in terms of multiple sources of income for like a business. So, what would be your best mantra? Is to begin one business and and then create another one, or begin multiple in one go? What would be the best use case for having a, a right framework for opening up businesses? So, before we go into that, I want to go on right now and to say that uh, there are four things you need to have before you jump into business. Because truth be told, not everyone is cut out for it. Not everyone is cut out for it. So how do you know you're cut out for it? Your mind, your skills, the tools, and your heart has to be aligned. Do you have a clear 
mindset? Do you have certainty of what you're doing? Because I was blessed uh, to learn from uh, Tony Robbins. I went to his house, a billionaire friend gave me a ticket. Went to his house uh, in Fiji Islands and uh, was surrounded by a hundred over. He has, Tony has never done a hundred over uh, small uh, event with hundred people. And uh, I was blessed to be there. And I learned from him that you know, people want to do business with people who have bigger certainty than them. Because with certainty or with clarity comes certainty, which is which you need to have clarity. So the first thing you talk about is your mind. How are you training your mind on a daily basis? Do you have, do you run your life with habits or you run your life with routines? That's a big difference here. Now, if I say you run your life with habits, I said you're you're running your life, ruining your life into the ground. Why? Because there's no such thing as a good habit. All habits are bad. All habits are bad. But routines, when we say routine, what comes to mind is like the ice skating. If you remember ice skating, if you try or seen ice skating, uh, they keep improving it after every trial. So that's a routine. You want to keep fine-tuning it like they say 1% a day. And if you do it often enough, you get 365% a year. So you want to focus on the routines. And I have a practice I call the three golden hours. And I practice that religiously. And after many years, I realized someone actually wrote a book on it. And you're going to read it. Uh, it's called The Miracle Morning. You know, and uh, but for me, I practice uh, the three golden hours. And is it okay I share a bit about it, Samuel? Feel free, sure. Okay, so for those who are tuning in or finding that life is really getting in the way and you're struggling, locked down at home or even in your office and you just feel really stressed out right now. And this has really helped me go through the toughest times, all right? Uh, from breakups uh, to court cases. And what got me through is the routines, okay? And I want to share with this gift uh, to listeners, which is the golden hours. So the first golden hour of every day is from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. And what I do is that in that one hour, no device, okay? I don't make sure in that one hour, I fill up three banks, okay? Three banks, my mental bank account, okay? My physical bank account and my emotional bank account. So when I fill up my mental bank account, I read. I make sure I read about 15 pages a day on a topic that I need to improve at, not what I like. Okay, a lot of people read what they like. Okay, but I want to read something that improves myself up 1%, right? That's my mental bank account. Number two is my physical bank account, which I work out. Tabata, HIIT, or even if I'm too, too tired, my muscles are sore, I walk around the neighborhood. And the third one is my emotional bank account, which I actually fill up what I call, what am I grateful for? For the people that are alive, working out with me, or still breathing beside me. Because why? You cannot give what you don't have. You can't go fight the world with no energy. You can't fight the world with no filled mind. If, if you are drained of energy in your mind, body, and your soul, financially, there's no one you can help. So that's the first hour of the day. I call it the power hour. First golden hour is called a power hour. The second golden hour is from 6 
to seven, I call this the honest hour. You know what? Do you do what you say and do you say what you do? Do you have a to-do list or do you have a not to-do list? And then honest hour, I just picked up all my, I should have done this, I should have done this, I should have done this, I should have done this. Damn it, I should have done this, 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 this. That's the honest hour, right? And the last hour, I call it the magic hour, is from 11 to 12, every night I have a journal, I write down all my problems. And what went well today, what could I do better today, I just write it down. And then, you gotta try it. After about close to, for me about two months, I tried it every day religiously. Now, every time I have a problem, regardless whether it's a mousetrap size, uh, you know, a small size problem, or a weapons of mass destruction size problem, like all the court cases is coming down and all the problems are coming in, I found I have downloads. Every time doing my power hour, I have downloads, solutions, insights, and what to do, what to do, what to do. And that's why I said that before you go to business, you need to have a strong routine. Not a habit, a strong routine. Because if a habit, you're behaving very compulsively. If you have a routine, you're behaving very consciously, very mindfully. Okay? So, business, if you want to start, are your mind or is your mind clear? And how to be clear? You need to be certain. And how to be certain? You need to fill up your bank accounts. You need to have the right routines. So that's a mind. How about the skills? When was the last time you upskill yourself? When? Right? How about tools? Like right now, I'm using so many tools from, uh, I don't know, OBS to Zoom to, I don't know, I don't know what all the other tools I'm using. I, I don't know, yes. most of my team helped me set it up, right? Yes. But uh, what are tools you're using? Are you relevant? Are you using the relevant tools, right? The worst thing to have right now is to ask you to clean the toilet with your bare hands versus I give you a brush to clean the toilet, which will be faster. Mm. Are you using the right tools? And the last one is your heart. There's so many, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you watched it, Samuel. Uh, Britain got talent or is it the Asia got talent? Yes. You see like someone like Susan Ball. Uh, she doesn't She doesn't look really good. She doesn't dress really well. But when she sung, it was almost like, oh my goodness, music to your ears. Yes. Right? Why? Because her heart was in the right place. How many of you are doing things right now but your heart is not there? And you know your heart of hearts, you're in the wrong place. Change. It's easier said than done, but change. Don't let it die slowly. And that's what I want to share with you. Like, you know, before you start a business, you want to have a couple of things right. And if you have someone along the way, like a mentor or an eagle type, they will make the journey so much smoother and you can definitely grow and eventually scale if you so please your company or your business i hope that answers your question man wow i can see you've picked out the school skill set mindset tool set and the heart set in line with the businesses in asia why do you think some of the startups in asia fail and how well, there are many reasons. I think there are many reasons why they fail. 
but the first few things is they don't learn the immutable laws. They don't focus on the foundations. As simple as growing versus scaling. They all want to be the next Elon Musk. They all want to be the next Steve Jobs. They want to be the next Bill Gates. But I mentioned, how many are they? One. So that's you. How about the environment? Does your environment support you to be able to grow into that space? Because if you're in the US right now, you could bump into Oprah, you could bump into Elon Musk, right? But if you, wherever you are right now in your country, unless they're on holiday, you're not going anywhere. So unless you reach out to them on your podcast, but there's no way you can bump into them. So the sixth degree of separation, if you will, or who's the next person you need to connect with to help you there. So your environment. How about your circumstance? Because that will actually affect a lot of things. Are you struggling back home? What is your financial status right now? Do you have a lot of people depending on you? Right? And the next thing is, they don't focus on the immutable laws. What are immutable laws? Example, leverage. People always ask, which one is heavier? A hundred pound feather or a hundred pound nails? The answer is simple. They're the same. But people will say, oh, of course, the nails, come on. But it's a hundred pounds. So they're not focusing on what matters. They are focusing on what they think is right. So don't do, always say, don't do your best. I always say, is do the best. Otherwise, I, I've done my best. I said, your best is not good enough. You need to do what's the best. So go out and find out what's the best situation right now that needs this product, this service. What's the solution to that problem? Because if you said in this lockdown, people are suffering, yes. But is it fair to say in this lockdown, there are also a lot of people making so much money, like truckloads of money, true? From the glove to the logistics to certain F&B outlets, they have a long queue. So are you moving or are you staying? Okay, so really, really focus on the point of what matters to you. So three questions. If you want to do business, ask yourself right now, okay, is what business are you in? Question number one, what business are you in? And then I want you to answer whatever the question is. Okay, what the answer is, I want you to answer it. The next question I ask is, what business are you really in? Because if you say I'm a business of uh, logistics, and then I ask you what business are you really in? You're not really in the business of logistics. You're in the business of making sure that people receive their products and are happy. So the third question is, what business should you be in? Ah, I should be in this, I should be in that. Then it's like example of Zappos. Zappos, right? And what they do is they actually sell fashion items, right? And they actually created the whole entire culture. They know what business should they really be in and they went for it. After you answer this first phase of three questions, your next phase of three questions are this. Does your business have impact? Because right now, let's be told, no one's going to stop and cry or have a little tear for you like how Steve Jobs, when he passed away, the whole world stopped for an hour. Right? Like a, a silence, like a genius was lost. And Right now, if any company were to close down, people are like, oh, people are friends and families will miss it. But the rest of the world, would, the life goes on. 
So the fourth question is, does your business have impact? The fourth question, okay, sorry, the fifth question would be is, can you compete? Yes, you have impact, but can you compete? Most people don't think of competition. They just think like, oh, let's let's see uh, who's the most, uh, making the most money in town and let's do it. So can you compete? And that's what Elon Musk did, right? He went through the four or five questions. The fifth question is, can you copy and say yes? The last question is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is yes, I'm bringing electric cars to save the environment because of the global warming. So if you look at these six questions, then you position yourself of being way ahead of the curve in starting your business. And that's why some people fail and there's so many statistics in it. You know, the value of death in three years, most companies, 90% of companies don't last in the first five years and so on and so forth. Why? Because they do not focus on the foundations. Number one, they don't focus on the strategies. And third, they do not focus on being an authority of their space. I hope that helps, man. Samuel. Wow. You're leaving me at loss of words already. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Definitely right now, the pandemic has left many businesses upside down and mm-hmm. others, of course, making the profit. Uh, which businesses do you see that have responded effectively in the pandemic? How many, do you have any, any specific examples of businesses that, that have performed really well in this area? So I think there were so many companies that did really well. So number one, Companies that pivoted fast, meaning examples of companies that you want know Mercedes is doing breeding equipments, right? Uh, Louis Vuitton uh, doing uh, what they call that, uh, they're doing, uh, I think it was hand sanitizers. They were just moving. Why? Because number one, it could be they could afford because they had the firepower to move. How about those who don't have the firepower to move? Okay, the resources to move and they, they leverage on the network. How could they cross-sell the database? I've seen companies right now who are locked down at home, a particular brand called like Thermomix, right? Uh, it's like a state-of-the-art, 100-year-old uh, kitchen equipment. And uh, their company grew three to five times in this lockdown. And what they used to do was house parties. They come to your house, they cook together, you know those house parties? And, uh, you know, and then if you like the way they cooked it, this is the machine, buy the machine. And the machine is not cheap. Okay, this is the high four figures, right? And what they did was they cross-collaborate with bigger brands to borrow the branding by association, authorities in the space, like uh, bigger brands like Harley Davidson or like a uh, uh, Dutch lady. And these brands have a massive following of people where they could cross-collaborate. So the other companies who moved fast in this so-called pandemic was they saw the opportunity Number one, they have resources, they move to a different segment. Number two, they don't have that many resources, but they leverage on their database, right? They cross-collaborate. So there are many, many ways to do it, but the, the top session with this uh, segment will be they actually focus on collaboration, strategic partnerships, strategic alliance, or just simple joint ventures. So the companies who actually did very well were just focused on how could they leverage on their strength and focus on other people's strength and work together by working 
smart. So how to create a win-win-win for all of us? Like right now, what you're doing now, it's it's a win for you, right? Uh, it's a win for me, but it's also a win for listeners tuning in because I don't always go and share secrets like this online, you know, right? And I believe everything happens for a reason. And if you are listening right now, this probably is a message that you need to hear. Sometimes our mother said it, we don't listen. Sometimes our father said we don't listen. Sometimes our friends said we don't listen. Right? Sometimes this could be the fourth time you're listening to this. It's time to do something about it. Shamil, wow. back to you, man. Wow. So, just imagine that you was. What would be the best advice you'd give the 19-year-old self? Best advice? Yes, for your 19-year-old self. 19-year-old self. You know what? Success is determined by others. Success is determined by others. You need to focus on yourself. Don't worry about the naysayers. Don't worry about what people are saying. Don't worry about what people are thinking about you because you cannot control their mind, their mouth, or even their hands. But what you have control of, and only three things you have control about, is your action, your energy. And your mind—you truly have only control of these three facets. The rest of the thing you have no control, right? And we say many times, like, you know, do you respond? Do you react? So if you are afraid of, uh, I don't know, cockroaches, and a cockroach jump on you, you will scream like a girl. But if you go to a, a, a wait uh, in the restaurant and and they see a cockroach, they'll just pick it off or they'll throw it away in the proper fashion, right? The safe fashion. Because they are responding to it. So, are you reacting to life, or are you react responding to life? Question right now is the best advice I would give myself is you know what, just go out there and do it. Try it out. Don't give up. Never give up because literally it's a cliche. But if you never give up, one day you never know. Samuel could be speaking to Elon Musk, and I want to be proud to say like you know what. I was one of the first few there, man. You know, and you know, I know Samuel. You know, and I know his wife. Uh, and uh, I would say I, I've been to Uganda. You know, uh, truly, uh, because uh, I was fortunate uh, to be in Nigeria for about four years. We have a development project there, right? We build, you know, like Malaysia. There's a Putrajaya. Malaysia yes. Is the, the capital, the government city, the Putrajaya. Yes. And uh, our company was invited by uh, the Niger- African government. Specifically, to start off with Nigeria, uh, to build a, a, a similar uh, design concept, we call a smart city in oh, Nigeria. Really? Yeah, and uh, so I had the opportunity to go to uh, Kenya, Nairobi, Nairobi, to help uh, them with their five, I think, ten thousand homes. Because we had this special uh, industrialized building uh, system, uh, housing material that could build uh, very quickly housing. And they were like shortly, shortly. Uh, every year they were short of a house, right? So we went to uh, Kenya, Nairobi. Uh, we also went to uh, Uganda, Kampala. If I'm wow, not mistaken, right? Wow, Kampala City, amazing. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. So we went to uh, Nigeria, uh, Uganda, and Kenya, and we were there, and, and we actually did uh, build small uh, mock-ups and to help the cities grow. And because of that, we were then blessed to uh, to actually work on the Burj Arch Khalifa, the tallest building in the world in Dubai. So we were the first uh, uh, developers uh, to actually come in with the first MEP package, and then we did the whole uh, airport, and then uh, I think two years ago we finished off with uh, 
Resort World Singapore, right? So you never know where life takes you. That's all I'm saying. Okay, from uh, you know what I I thought I lost everything when my mom passed away. I thought that you know what uh, life would never be uh, anything better than just staying in the rented room of a house where you rent out to foreign workers. That you're probably eating a small piece of bread, and you probably share, I don't know. You've never tried this before, I know, uh, and I hope you don't have to go through it like a piece of bread, and that lasts you a week because you're afraid to ask your parent for money because you know that they don't have enough to give anyway. So, uh, I hope I answered your question. It was a bit long, but uh, Samuel, where wow. was that time in? Oh, the answer is amazing. Even interesting insight that you were in Uganda. That's that's a big smile to my face. <laughs> so, in line of the future, how would you like to be remembered? Wow, how would I remember? Honestly, someone who made a difference. If, if anything would be on a tombstone, it says my name, James, date of birth, and a date of expiry, and in between, he made a difference. I'll be happy. You know what? And if if I can in any way make a difference in your listeners on your platform, just one made a change, or just one decided not to commit suicide, or decided to just close the company down. Hey, I believe. We all can do something. We can't do everything, but we all can do something. So pick that something. And what is your something that you're going to do right now to make a difference? Because you can either make a change, you can make a difference. Some people are a bit more, I won't say arrogant, but a bit more audacious, brave, ambitious. They want to make themselves a legend. Wow. So... You never know, right? But pick one. For me, at this stage, right now, I want to make a difference to the people in my life, my friends, my family, my loved ones. I feel that the last, I won't give away my age, but the last 20 over years, I gave a lot of myself to the world. And I think right now, I have uh, three beautiful children. I want to give my time to them because I brought them to this world. I want to make sure that I give them my best. And uh, with what little time I have, you never know. How long we live, right? With the COVID uh, going around, a pandemic, we never know what really can happen in our life. So, want to make sure that we live life to the fullest every single day. Samuel, back to you, man. Wow, I must say that this has been an amazing podcast. Uh, there have been so many nuggets of wisdom. I know if someone is writing down, they'll probably fill up a good number of pages. And I'm so honored to have you on board. Uh, I can't, I can't st- stress it as much that this is the best way to have an, a Saturday afternoon, downloading all that amazing wisdom. Happy to share. So how would be your, what would be your final remarks and where can people find you? Final remarks. I, I thought I gave a lot just now. So what's one more thing, right? Um, yeah. What's one more thing I would say is, you know how records are meant to be broken? Yep. Business rules are meant to be bent. So you need to bend the rules. I've always think that, you know what? When you are younger, when you're not so rich or fluent, a lot of rules apply to you. But as you get bigger, 
in a sense of not uh, in not a sense of uh, what is it authority or in your your social uh, surrounding somehow rules don't really apply to you if you know what I mean they seem to get away with it so how can you leverage on that moment so my gift to you the one leave with you is number one is are you leveraging on your surroundings are you doing the best with what you have wherever you are right now because the grass is always greener wherever you are back home is always greener no US is always better uh, China is always better it's always always better so number one is are you leveraging with the resourceful the resources that you have right now wherever you are and most of us are always focusing on the what's next the future we are not in the present some of us are stuck in the past we're always in fear so first one is are you leveraging on your resources number two are you literally delegating all the things that you don't need to do are you delegating the things you don't need to do because you're trying to do every single thing and when you do every single thing you achieve nothing so the second one is are you delegating the third one is are you eliminating all the bad habits in your life because we have so many i have so many okay and if you just one month pick one bad habit that you want to eliminate what's eliminate not stop okay eliminate means it's gone forever like a tenor snap it's gone right so eliminate okay the next one is what part of your life can you automate what part of your life can you automate so i'll leave this for with you and if you ever feel that you want to reach out to me in any way uh james foo my name on the facebook on linkedin uh, drop me a line happy to connect happy to share i uh, love to hear more from uh, you and samuel privilege and an honor to share on your platform thank you so much that are gems uh it's been so awesome having you on board and as i always say i believe the future is bright ahead it is i love that man <laughs> thank you thank you thank you Thank you so much for listening in and I would encourage you to stay hooked to your preferred podcast distributors or you can alternatively go to uh, the Wow Journal website which is www.wowjournal.cc and you definitely get access to all the available podcasts and as well you have access to different adverts that I've featured that I found really interesting that you may find of good value to you. So listen in next time on your favorite